Welcome to a form of acknowledgement, homilies, teachings, and reflections with Father Jeremiah Volman, an Orthodox Christian priest, exploring the theanthropic life, the intersection between the created and the uncreated, the human and the divine. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. Thank you. Good morning, beloved in Christ. It seems that God has granted us another day. I often like to say, if God grants me another day, and if he grants me another day, then what? The church is trying to teach us what that other day is for. In the hymnody that we heard during the Orthros, such deep cries, such deep cries representing the soul of man, having separated itself from God, longing for its return to paradise, God has granted us another day, and if he continues to grant us another day, he's going to grant us a beautiful season ahead. And perhaps he'll even grant us to praise and glorify and celebrate his holy resurrection once again in the Feast of Holy Pascha. Today we celebrate an anniversary that I, well this, this week we celebrate an anniversary that I think we we wish we didn't have to celebrate. Today we passed the one year mark of the, the beginning of the pandemic and the lockdowns. We've been through a lot this past year. I think this, this last year has aged some of us significantly. It's tried us, it's challenged us, it's confused us, it's frustrated us, angered, stirred up a lot. I hope that I hope that also we see in this is an opportunity for the softening of ourselves and an increased reliance on the perfect providence of God who will bring all things into completion. But I wanted to at least acknowledge God is granted to get us through this last year. And you know what? If he gives us another year, he'll lead us through it together. If he grants us yet another year, may it be to his glory, no matter what trials come our way. Because of his great love for us, he's caused us to become one in him. One in him, and that's what we need to cling to. That healing that brings us unto unity in Him, I think, is really at the core of what we're trying to get at. And the theme of today of seeking forgiveness. Today we stand at the threshold of the great and holy fast. Great Lent begins tomorrow. It starts this evening with the, the Vespers of forgiveness and the asking and granting of one another for forgiveness. 
And as we embark on, on the season of the Great Fast once again, I wonder, what do we expect of it? Do we expect something of it? What do we expect of ourselves? What am I supposed to do? Am I going to perform well? Will I get out of it all that I could? Will I? What about me? What will I gather? Will I do it right? Will I? We need to slow down a little bit sometimes. Rather than burdening ourselves with the constant sense of self-expectation. Will we sing all those hymns nicely? Will we shed tears and so on? Will, you know, rather than burdening ourselves. Not that we shouldn't have some you know, desire. Rather than burdening ourselves, I think we constantly need to ask ourselves, what does God want to do with me this season? Lord, how do you want me to go deeper this season? How do you want me to draw nearer to you? How do you want me to learn what it is that you have to instruct me in this school of repentance that's laid before me? Lord, what are you going to do? One of my favorite kind of paradigms for the Christian life is this idea that we just have the the goal and the ability to participate in what God is doing. God, how can I participate in the work that you want to do during this season? So be aware of that self-expectation because it can be extremely stifling and it can cause you to give up sometimes even before you've started, really. Today in the, in the church, we commemorate the expulsion of our first parents, Adam and Eve, from paradise. And we acknowledge, as we heard also during the Orthros this morning and Vespers last night, that the first transgression is, in a way, you could say, was their failure to fast. God said, here's all this stuff that you can have, but don't eat of this, the tree of this fruit. And actually the fathers of the church teach us, when he said, do not eat of the tree of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, he wasn't saying, you'll never have access to it. Actually, it was as if he was saying, do not eat of this tree yet. You're not there yet. You're not ready for it yet. Our first parents were created with, with an, a kind of innocence and a potential to mature. And that maturation would have come and still can come in our lives from being obedient to the command of God, which is our true freedom. And so the antidote to that self-willed transgression, that disobedience to God and that failure to fast, is the, the practice of self-restraint and fasting. That's why this season is so profound and that's why we call it the great fast. Fasting is important and it's an antidote to that first transgression. Self-control and obedience to God opens the floodgates to sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and our ability to say yes to God when He prompts us. And no to ourselves when we want, when we want to be selfish yet again. And remember this, the ultimate fast 
is not to fast from meat, dairy, eggs, olive oil, alcohol, so on. Far better is it to fast from sin. Try that one on, you know. Let's try that one on for size. Let's, okay, we will be moderate in our food consumption and we will do our best to take seriously the prescriptions of the fast. We will, that's kind of a given. We're going to. According to our ability. But even better, let's try to fast from sin. The ultimate healing comes from not, not just self-control, but fasting from the tendency to devour our brother. You know, the fathers teach also there's no good in fasting from physical food if you turn and devour your brother. And judge him, criticize him, hate him, despise him, depersonalize him like we do. And you know, our brother is, is everyone. You may remember a couple of weeks ago I said, when you, my desire is that for us as Christians, when you see someone, you say, that is someone I love. But it's hard to love. It's hard to love, and there's only one who loves perfectly, the one true God who wants to lead us into that love. How? How? The church gives us something else instructive today, very instructive, but also very challenging. We like the idea of it. We like the concept, and we like to be the recipients of it. It's harder to be the bestower of it. It's forgiveness that I'm talking about. We call today Forgiveness Sunday because the, the church is showing us that the ultimate healing for us is to learn to be merciful. To learn to be merciful as our Father in Heaven is merciful. To forgive without condition. To love. To rejoice in the opportunity to cover the sin and offense of the other. And to truly let it go. That's what the word forgive means. Let go. Let go. Someone tries to, to shoot a little arrow at you. You let it sink in. It's like it's attached to a rope. To forgive is to snip that rope, pull the arrow out, and begin to heal. To forgive. To release the other person from being defined by their mistakes and offenses in your mind. Remember, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. The Lord is the ultimately just and perfect judge. We don't have to be. And it's a great relief that we don't have to be. But we need to grant ourselves and others the freedom to not be defined by sins and offenses. We forgive because we've been forgiven. We talked a lot about being forgiven a couple of weeks ago and how we continually ask for forgiveness. We strive to learn how to love because we've been loved with the perfect love of our Lord Jesus Christ. We no longer have to breathe the polluted air of worldly thoughts and things. He wants to breathe the breath of the grace of His Holy Spirit right into us. 
To forgive is to look at the other person and let the love that we're striving to have for them eclipse any judgment we have against them. To free them of it, to free ourselves of it, and to desire to love with the perfect love of Christ. Our desire is to love with the perfect love of Christ, but we can't do it if, we, if we're not willing to forgive. And how was that love revealed to us? How was it revealed to us? We're journeying once again toward the realization and the revelation and the manifestation of that love. It was revealed to us through the selflessness of God who while being slaughtered and hung on the cross who could have brought down legions of angels to destroy all the transgressors rather said Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. It reminded me of one of my favorite stories. A short story of one of the Romanian survivors of communism who was put into prison camps and solitary confinement, Father Roman Braga. You've probably heard me speak of him several times. I love him very much. Very sweet and childlike. And he was being interviewed about this total, severe tortures that they underwent. And he was asked, how could you endure it? How could you not just become enraged in return at those who were torturing you? See, he understood something of our Lord's teaching, forgive them for they know, know not what they do. Father Roman answered, the more they tortured us, the more we forgave them. The more they bugged us, the more they annoyed us, the more they did things we didn't like. Think about those things in our own lives. The more I, can, I have the opportunity to realize it's my, it's my ego that's being, that's being uh, irritated, isn't it? And my turn, my, my response in turn is to free myself of that irritation, that unnecessary irritation, and to forgive all the more, like our Lord on the cross, like Father Roman being tortured in the concentration camps. I want to ask a question in conclusion. What if, what if we were to approach forgiveness as if our lives depended on it? What if being together as a community in Christ and being a community that truly forgives was the true essence of who we are and that we would let nothing, nothing stand between us, that we would be willing to suffer whatever frustration we have to work through this life together, to become truly reconciled in the body of Christ and a true witness to the world rather than those who are petty and pious, about those who are truly forgivers. And what I want to posit today, what I want to propose is that, as according to today's gospel reading, our life really does 
depend on whether or not we forgive. And not just our temporal life, but our eternal life. Our eternal life. Today's Gospel reading began with, The Lord said to His disciples, If you forgive men their trespasses, your Heavenly Father also will forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is a... Quite a challenge for our Lord. What he's asking us to do is to say, is there anyone whom you have been unwilling to forgive? And do you have a tendency to withhold forgiveness from others? If you do, then you really need to explore that. Because how can you expect to receive my forgiveness on that day of judgment if you would like to exercise your freedom to stand in judgment of others rather than to stand with your freedom to forgive them of their sins and offenses. Let's beg God. Let's beg God. To teach us this way of forgiveness during this season. And to constantly challenge ourselves. If we can fast from judgment. And if we can feast on forgiveness. We will have done very well this season. We worship God. Yes that's a given. We should, we should come and worship. We should pray. Absolutely. We should pray. But we can do the right things for the wrong reasons. If we fail. To experience the effect of it all. Which is a heart. That becomes enlarged and transformed into desires that all would be saved, that all would experience the forgiveness of God. When we discover this key to the Christian life, then we can carry ourselves, we can go about our lives unconflicted, totally unconflicted. What a joy that would be. What a way it would be. What a beauty it would be for us to walk about this world as true ministers of reconciliation. Beloved in Christ, let us become unconflicted in such a way, begging for God's forgiveness, seeking that He truly challenge us with opportunities to forgive, that we may become free to love Him and one another, truly agents of His grace in the world. May it be so. Forgive me. Amen.